welcome to the Trash Turtle Fantasy Podcast. I'm Dr. Trash Dad, one of your hosts. We finally got that hamster set up in his wheel over there in the server room. He's running as fast as he can to bring Boots and I to your ear holes today. So thank you for joining us and enjoy. started off as what we called the walking pod but it wasn't really a podcast it was really just a group of people that kind of hung out in voice chat at the same time every day um we didn't record anything uh and i think it was ice main had the idea to call it the these boots were made for walking because i was sort of the one that was like in there and i was just hanging out in voice chat one day because i was bored on my walk home and people just started joining and we started talking. Yeah, I I remember that. I actually remember it distinctly because man, that was uh that was the year that uh we discussed exactly who I was taking and where. Um Yeah, we we had planned out drafts a lot more those years. I remember that. Yeah, well that was the year when we were both in champ I when I first got to champs, I think we actually both made it to champs right away that year. And you had one oh one and yeah. I had one twelve. And we were like, This can't be collusion because we're on the opposite <laughs> sides of the draft board. And you know what? I, I, I think we we're right. I- I remember that year I talked to a few people who had similar draft positions that I did in similar areas. Um, and we all talked about our targets in those areas and everything. And then at, by the end of the year, I was sitting there thinking, yeah, none of those worked. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I took like Kenny Galladay in the second and he had that hip issue all year. Uh... I mean, it was, a, it was a terrible year for me. Um, I'm just lucky to have survived it, to be honest, uh, to make it into the top six that year. I'm, um, I mean, it's a good thing that um, you were able to get any kind of information out of anybody there, um, especially with, uh, you know, remember DK had his wind tunnel um, going full volume <laughs> the whole time. I'm surprised you were able to get any information going. Well, it was funny. So, yeah, DK had a wind tunnel on his microphone. I don't know if he was walking through the streets of Boston or something, but it, it was just like you could barely hear him. But uh, And then Ice, it was funny, when he was in the chat, is he was usually in the chat on his drive home, and his phone would just randomly disconnect, <laughs> like, out of nowhere. So you, you, if you were in there just alone with Ice, it would be talked back and forth for, like, maybe five minutes, and then out of nowhere, he'd disconnect, and he'd be like, well, dang it. <laughs> yep. All right, see you in about five minutes. But that that was a really... I loved how that turned out, because that really... I think it pushed people a little bit out of their comfort zone to sort of talk to other people in the Discord, which had, wasn't happening before as much. You yeah. Know? And now you occasionally look down here, you know, in the voice chat area, and there is sometimes someone's, you know, Rob is playing Madden, or, you know, some, someone is playing something, right? And so it is really cool. I'm glad that that's how that turned out, you know? Yeah, one of these days, we should probably do an episode where uh-huh. we just record the voice chat and then just post it as an episode i think we should do that as an homage we, we could probably manage that 
Well, and if you remember, what finally got us to start recording was Rob. Like, Rob sort of, like, took the reins, and he was like, no, no, no we're going to start recording. And he, he sort of, and if you remember episode one, everyone had, like, assigned players to talk about, and it was so terrible. It was like one person would talk for five minutes, then the next person would, it was like a presentation <laughs> almost. It was so terrible. I, I It makes me laugh, but I love it because it did force us, and this was Rob's goal, to force us to finally press the record button. And so I'm glad that he did it, but it, it does you know make me laugh looking back at sort of humble beginnings, I guess. Yep. So I actually <laughs> have that episode still sitting on my hard drive right now. Oh, it's um i actually so recently uh i uploaded all of all of our season one episodes and and filled in all the spreadsheet stuff and i was looking at it as like should i do this one and i was like "Mm, no we're not we're not doing that one that should never see the light we're not doing that one what are you what are you drinking there by the way oh I am drinking the finest wine produced in a cardboard box that you can possibly buy <laughs> in a liquor store. Um, oh yeah. Actually, for for box wine, it's pretty decent. It's it's Boda Box uh, Revolution. It's pretty good, actually. I'm I'm very classy today. I'm drinking flavored uh, water and vodka. Ooh, with no ice. <laughs> so I'm very. With no ice. Oh, yeah, man. Very classy like that. Yeah, well, let me guess. Is there a lime from yesterday in there, too? <laughs> no. No, no, there isn't. Um, let, let, let's go ahead and get into the Yeah, NFL. we have a lot to talk about today. We do have a lot to talk about. So uh, let's let's talk about sort of uh, some generic or general you know reactions to what we saw this week what are we on now week three week three just seen week three mm-hmm. uh, yeah and we sort of saw tank bowl oh yeah the the first of of i'm assuming many as we decide who is yeah. going to try and shoot for that 101 um yeah. wow that game was and, and for our viewers or listeners out there uh we're talking about atlanta versus the giants because yeah. absolutely that was a tank bowl um I like I like the note here on the on the notes. Uh, literally, the only redeeming quality was the Saquon Barkley touchdown. One hundred percent, I agree. Yeah, I mean, if if you've been watching, I will say uh, I didn't think I would be saying this at this point in the year, but the Giants' problem somehow isn't Daniel Jones in my mind. It's actually kind of a mixture of many other things. The defense isn't as good as I thought. The offensive line is maybe one of the worst in football. Oh. And just none of the receivers seemingly have been healthy yet. I, I think this was Kenny Galladay's first game back. But yeah, it, it was a totally unredeemable game. I, I'm not going to blame it all on uh, 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 Daniel Jones. That's unfair. Uh, but I will say that uh, Matt Ryan looks completely washed in my mind. And I hate saying that. And he's actually really hurting a lot of the players around him that aren't named Cordell Patterson. (laughs) That, you know, Calvin Ridley's getting a high target share and it's not doing anything. And Kyle Pitts is having a better than average tight end rookie season. But it's definitely being hampered by how awful Matt Ryan has been. Yeah. um, 
I I largely agree with that. I actually have I actually have less to say about Atlanta than I do about New York. Um, first and foremost, I mean the offensive line in New York was was straight up awful. Um, I was watching some just some highlights. Not even not even like every down clip. Literally the NFL highlights that they put on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Constantly saw offensive linemen missing their assignments, just falling over. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, although one, the one redeeming quality was that Saquon Barkley doesn't look, look like he did back in 20, what, 17, 2018. Um, uh-huh. But he's starting to get a little bit of that magic back. So it's, that's good to see. He's starting to, to do those jump cuts again. He's starting to find that acceleration and he's not as quick as he used to be but i mean anyone's coming no. off an acl tower like that i mean he he's doing pretty good considering where he's coming from so um i uh daniel jones's reads are a little bit to be desired he gets a little bit fixated on his first read a lot of times uh, he misses the uh, Saquon Barkley or I, I guess Penny. Who I don't know who the other running back was there. Um, but mm. the the running back was supposed to go and um, hit a hit a blocking assignment, but there was no one to block because they didn't put that guy that many guys forward, and so the linebackers were dropping far back. So there was a lot of room in the middle. There was nobody, yeah. but Daniel Jones was totally fixated on Kenny Galladay, who had two people on him on the sideline. Meanwhile, there was running back in the middle of the field underneath that was wide open. He could have gotten, you know, 13 yards. Instead, he throws to the wide receiver on the sideline and got, you know, five, right? And that's not just the one time. That was like, that was consistently happening. Um, so, you know, that leads me to believe that, there's a lot to be worked on there. Um, I, I, I actually a little bit disagree with your assessment. I think I think Daniel Jones a little bit is the um, is the problem. Um, their defense is the problem. Their 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 defense. I mean, Atlanta Atlanta's O line was holding up, um, and and Maddie Ice was just making Maddie Ice reads. I mean, he loves to dump off, you know, over the middle off to the side, you know, whatever is about five yards out. Um, and he's doing what he was doing. And, I mean, he wasn't exactly being creative with it. And I, New York fell for it every time. So it was easily the least enjoyable game of, of the weekend. I totally agree with that. I will say, in defense of uh, Daniel Jones, he is currently, and if you don't buy these, then you can just ignore me, but he is currently the eighth highest rated uh, uh, quarterback via PFF grades. Now, if you don't buy PFF grades, obviously that doesn't mean anything to you. I'm just saying my assessment was, is that I thought he wasn't even in the top five problems of things that I think are wrong with the Giants. He, he still has some improvement, obviously, but I do think that there are way larger issues at hand for the Giants in general that aren't Daniel Jones. Like I said, the offensive line, the, the defense is really not doing what we expect, the play calling, and obviously David Gettleman, him as well. But uh, let, let's, let's talk about another team that maybe we didn't expect to do well but it's kind of uh, surprising a little bit. Um, I was going to throw out the Detroit offense 
is a lot better than we expected. Oh, by far. This is this is a pleasant surprise. I'm super happy to see this. Yeah, I mean, and I, I do think that um, there's sort of... Uh, I mean, I, I was pretty in on TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. I wasn't that worried about the offense, but I think Vegas was projecting it to be a bottom five offense. And it's definitely, I think it's in like the top 10 in EPA. Like they're, they're doing pretty good. Don't they have one of the highest offensive snaps also? Like offensive plays played? Um, oh yeah, they're 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 playing a lot of snaps. You're you're completely correct on that. So I mean, and you know, volume is king, and so that and, and and again, we're kind of talking like real football, but we you know, this is a fantasy oriented podcast, and so just to kind of bring it back, like that is volume, right? Volume's king. Um, yeah. I so I, I I love it. Um, all of your man. These Jamal Williams shares. I only have one, but holy moly, my zero RB strategy where I got Jamal Williams at a valley. Oof. Mm. Chef's kiss right there, <laughs> baby. So I, I did check. They're, they're not top 10 in uh, EPA per play. They are in the bottom half, but they are not in the bottom five. They are definitely doing a lot better than that. Um, and specifically, uh, their rushing efficiency is better than the average in the NFL. Right now. Interesting. And that's, I think, something we very much so expected, right? We sort of expected their rushing to be better because the offensive line was so good and the wide receivers were incredibly questionable uh, outside of TJ Hawkinson, obviously, who's a tight end. But um, let's, let's move on to another game that I thought was really interesting. And I think everyone had some strong opinions on it. But the 49ers game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you thinking about that? Um, I was thinking about how they left too much time on the clock there at the end. Um, I mean, I think that's that's kind of the, the low-hanging fruit there. Um, I was thinking how one-dimensional the 49ers offense really kind of was. Um, I was less than impressed with it. I, I think I think you saw some bright flashes with what Jimmy G could kind of pull out there from time to time, but it didn't feel creative. It didn't feel flashy, which I know this is not really the Shanahan way, but... I, I, I'll contend that I thought it was creative, but maybe not flashy. Because they, I thought they were very creative in how they used Kyle Juszczyk. Okay, I'll say you know that. what? You're you're right. I will I will absolutely um I'll I'll give you that one. One hundred percent. I think that was the you, you can tell that they're like, well they're like, oh oh darn, you know, like we don't have our 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 RBs that we usually make these trick plays with, so we're using our fullback. Yeah. If you're a Trey Sermon person, you should be petrified by the amount of use Kyle Yuschek got, by the way. That should scare the heck out of you. Well, first, you should be worried that it took four running backs getting hurt for Trey Sermon to see the field. And then when he saw the field, he split time with Kyle Juszczyk. That should tell you exactly how good Trey Sermon is. I'm just throwing that out there. Man, what a hater. 
I, I'm a Trey Sermon hater. If that's not obvious by now, I don't know what you've been listening to. But I'll throw out there that a lot of people were kind of dogging on Kyle Juszczyk and, and in, in turn the 49ers and everything about leaving too much time on the clock for, for Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to say every single person in the world watching that game thought that's too much time on the clock. Now, what I'm going to say is that's not Kyle Juszczyk's fault because, one, you're never going to tell a fullback to not score, right? Yeah. The man's a tackle-breaking machine, yep. right? You know who's really at fault here is the fact that Jimmy G snaps the ball with 12 seconds left on the play clock. That's yeah. completely egregious. It should never happen, and Jimmy shouldn't start ever again because of that. That is ridiculous. It is absolutely wild to me that an NFL quarterback that has been in the league as long as he has snapped the ball with 12 seconds left for that final touchdown that they scored with Kyle Juszczyk. So I'm not going to blame Kyle Juszczyk for scoring that touchdown. I'm going to blame Jimmy G for snapping the ball with 12 seconds left. That was ridiculous. I don't have anything under to say, then I agree with you there. Um, yeah, start Trey Lance. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's let's talk about real quick the Raiders. What do you think? What do you think's going on there? We talked a few weeks ago yes. about different Derek Carr. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, if we're going to jump right from NFC West to AFC West, um, well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, super impressed, man. Um, I I didn't see this coming. Nobody did. Nobody did. Anybody saying that they expected the Raiders to be good is lying. <laughs> but but let's so this is this and this may be a little bit of a preview into our frauds and squads episode that we have coming up. Yeah. But I'm gonna say it. The Ravens are frauds. Ravens are frauds. Ooh, I like the sneak peek. What I'll say about the Raiders, quick fun fun little bit. They have beaten three legit teams. They have beaten three teams that I believe were playoff teams last year that all won 10-plus games, the Ravens, Steelers, and Dolphins. That is interesting. Those are those were legit teams last year, and I think a lot of people projected the Steelers to be on the downturn going into the year, and, and seemingly they definitely are. But it, 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 uh, it stands that the Raiders do look better than we sort of expected. And speaking of the Steelers, this is my last reaction to anything generic NFL, but Najee Harris getting 19 targets for some reason just boggled my mind. I think that was a weird Steelers game because just everything about it was awful. But Najee Harris, I mean, 19 targets, even I, as someone who really didn't like Najee going into the year, that is a big deal. Um, I, I will definitely still say Najee is better in redraft right now than he is in Dynasty. Yeah, I, I agree. That that um, And so I contend that uh, while Baltimore may have come into the season as a you know upper level team i think that we've seen that uh they've they've given us enough uh film that uh, perhaps they're they are perhaps not um anyway but moving into Najee harris i i actually did i thought that <laughs> so i click on i clicked on his name today and i looked at the game data because i actually I, I didn't uh. watch the game um yeah i watched a little bit of highlights but i didn't watch the game yet um, I clicked on his name and I'm like, wait, does that say 19 targets? And I was like, <laughs> is that right? Like, is this an error? Did they mean nine? But no, sure, sure enough, that they, they, 19 targets. Um, 
and and surely and and really the question remains is how many of those targets in IG did Ben just fall over for no reason? Because there it happened at least one, and from what I understand it, that was not the only time. I I know the play you're talking about, the dump off on like third and ten or something like that in the red zone. Oh my! What was that? What happened? Oh my god! Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah. So getting back to the point, the Raiders. Um, I I will say it. I was wrong. I was a huge proponent of fading it's still early. every. It's still early. You know what though? Every time you win, I, I don't want to overreact. The, I don't want to overreact yet. But the thing is, is that I said I will not draft a single Raider in any uh-huh. league, and you know what? I'm going to say it. I was wrong. I think I think that there's value there. I okay, Darren Waller. Do you know who's well? Obviously, Darren Waller. I'm going to throw out there Kenyon Drake. He 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 is blowing my mind in terms of running back target expectations for the Raiders, who I said last week in previous years have been in the bottom of the NFL in running back targets. Now Kenyon Drake is demanding running back targets, and I am pumped. Yeah, but does that be so? Uh, that's a good. That's actually a really good talking point. Is that because Josh Jacobs is hurt, though? Or would he have that same demand with Josh Jacobs in the mix? That's what I want to know. I I think Kenyon Drake's role in that offense, at this point, I can say with a, a little degree of confidence, Kenyon Drake's role in that offense has less to do with Josh Jacobs or Peyton Barber and more just to the fact that he is a pretty decent uh, receiving back, right? Josh Jacobs has never really been much of a receiving back, neither has Peyton Barber, and Peyton Barber sort of fit into the Josh Jacobs role perfectly. Meanwhile, Drake's sitting over there still getting seven targets a game, and if you're in any sort of PPR league and you're like me and you go zero RB, my threshold for, you know, my tolerance of, you know, running back targets, that's great. Yeah. (laughs) I'm excited for that. (laughs) He kind of feels like a a slightly souped-up Nyan Himes. Basically, yeah, yeah. So he's not as fast, but I, I definitely am pretty excited about the usage. Yeah. Uh, before we get into our sort of topic of the night, I'm going to throw out there uh, one big thing about the Ravens that I don't think anybody expected is how poorly the line has played. I'm going to give them some credit because I know that Ronnie Stanley has been hurt a fair bit, and his, his grades have been just you know abysmal since being hurt and uh, sort of uh, Villanueva has also been absolutely abysmal in pass blocking and actually great in run blocking, which I did not expect because going into the season, he was always good at pass blocking and never really great at run blocking. And now suddenly it's totally swapped. So I, I find that quite interesting. We'll see if that offensive line can sort of figure it out, but uh, let, let, let's go ahead and move into some sort of fantasy questions here. This is sort of a section I'd like to call uh, panic managers trade targets or not well boots hold on a second that before we get into that we have to take a brief moment to say thank you to our sponsors right here do you often find yourself getting into random squabbles on the internet with strangers do you feel that you can't control yourself when someone on the internet is wrong are you often saying to yourself i could say nothing but then how would they know that i think they are wrong Do you want to feel like you have control again? Well, you can. With our patented Twitter collar, 
you can finally go about your life without injecting your opinion on every Twitter thread you disagree with. The Twitter collar is simple. You wear it around your neck, and through its advanced algorithm, the Twitter collar can detect when you're about to post something online that adds no real value. When the Twitter collar makes this detection, it will send a strong, yet safe, electric shock through the collar and throughout your body, teaching you that what you are doing is wrong and that you should stop. Thank you for that. Um, okay, as I said, let's get into uh, the segment we're calling Panicking Managers Trade Targets. I love not. it. So I, I am going to list a player and I'm going to ask you sort of pros and cons and I want you to sort of think in redraft am I trading for this player or not and some of these players particularly the first one might actually be getting dropped uh so you might even be able to pick them up off the waivers but let's start uh with Justin Fields what are you thinking I trade target or not I am not hot on any rookie quarterback for redraft this year I, I think that's the right take at this point. I think we've seen it. <laughs> and and I will I'm going to qualify with this saying that I think that I would rather have Justin Fields as a dynasty quarterback target over Trevor Lawrence yeah. at this point. Well you you I thought you had Justin Fields as your QB one anyway, didn't you? For Dynasty this year, going into this year I did. And Trevor Lawrence is my okay, number I two. So. Um even though I have I have shares of both uh, because I, I think yeah. both are great. I just think that the rushing upside is like he's going to be Josh Allen light, or at least that's my hope, right? Yeah, or or a Russell Wilson style. Oh, you know what? You're totally right. I, you know, you know me. I just got Josh on the forefront of my mind all the time. <laughs> I think Russell Wilson is actually probably going to be a really great comp to him. But but yeah. that's dynasty. We're talking redraft. I'm out. If I if I got him, I'm selling. If I or, yeah. or or dropping or even dropping, or dropping maybe right yeah or, yep. yeah are are you using a roster spot on him right no. now? No, I don't think I am. Oh, for if I am in a single redraft league and I am not using a or I am not using a roster spot on Justin Fields. Okay, I, I think I agree. Uh, I was all about uh, rostering just a rookie QB. Uh, sort of for the upside, or or if you drafted maybe a few weeks before the season started, I was okay with you know taking one. Yeah. And I'm not a, I'm not a person that takes two quarterbacks in a draft ever, um, and just holding on to them. And maybe if you know they were announced the starter, I'd keep them. If not, I'm just going to play the waivers, and I'm fine with that. Usually, I don't mind streaming well, a quarterback at all. Look, um, he w- he was but, a good exception though in this case. Like if you can take a flyer on a quarterback, like look, if you took a flyer on a quarterback Justin Herbert last year, like quote unquote flyer, yeah. right? Like you made out big. So why not like it doesn't matter if you're if you're really late in the rounds, it doesn't matter, right? Because it, it, once yeah. you get into double digit rounds, you should feel okay dropping them freely because ultimately it really didn't cost you anything in terms of draft capital. So it doesn't matter. That's true. And so what happens if you if you miss? No big deal, right? You grab you grab the backup running back after an injury, aka, you know, Chuba Hubbard, whatever, right? Yeah. And replace Justin Fields with Chuba Hubbard, whatever. Who cares? Or depending on when you drafted uh, Tyson Williams. Exactly. Precisely that. Um, and but and, and the thing is, is that you had a good indication that that might have been a good bet because it's Andy Dalton, right? Yeah. And then 
it's Nick Foles. So you're thinking to yourself, like, there's two washed guys, and you have this young, super promising guy, and you're like, ah, I can't. you know what? That's a that's an okay bet. Um, I, I understand why people would take that bet, and it's okay to just walk away. So I don't think we need to discuss everything going wrong with Justin Fields right now. I, I think if it's too any early. stat we would bring up, it, it, it would just be terrible, negative completion percentage over expected, yeah. no EPA, the Matt Nagy in general, the Bears offensive line, everything about it. We could talk all day about it. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one, which I think is an interesting trade topic. Clyde Edwards-Lair, trade target or not? I say yes. You say yes. Okay. I lean no, but I want to hear what you got for so, me. So I lean yes because you he is the the feature back. And I don't really see too many other backs being used outside of him in Casey's offense. I mean, he's the running back for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, I think just being in that position elevates you. Uh it yeah. doesn't matter who you are. I mean, you could be um, you could be Doug Martin and step into that role <laughs> and be elevated. Okay. Um, that's why I think – and I right now um, I had a guy in another league who was seriously considering trading me Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire for Michael Carter. Basically straight up. Wow. Well, did you see in uh, one of the Discord leagues, someone traded Noah Fant for Clyde Edwards-Alaire straight up? Not only do I know about that, I am in that league. Yeah, what did you think, out of curiosity? I may have had a hand in that trade. I Someone did talk to me about it, but I'm curious as to what you think about it. I know that the person who traded away Noah Fant also has George Kittle. Yeah. Um, so, knowing that... Uh, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to get into the to that. the The Denver receiving core is actually a really interesting topic that I think we could actually spend a whole half an hour talking about. But, oh, yeah, but in a nutshell, um, I think you're seeing with the injuries that you're seeing in the receiving core, all that does is really help Fant. As as, as morbid as that sounds, it really helps Fant. Right? It really opens up opportunity for him. Um, yeah. I don't hate it. But scarcity at running back right is pretty high. is it though because you're getting you're you're getting so. injuries with running backs and you have all of this availability on the waiver wire that's exactly what happens every year i don't buy into the whole narrative i think you can i think you can get the backups off the waiver wire you can and so now prob- I, i'm gonna throw one stat out there for ceh real fast actually i'm gonna throw two he's 29th in weighted opportunity which uh, is basically a formula that takes into account runs and targets, and targets are more valuable than runs. And that tells you right now he's in 29th in weighted opportunity and currently at negative 2.7 fantasy points over expected, which takes down and situation into account. And so when he runs the ball in a certain down and time and situation, basically that tells us here's about how many fantasy points we'd expect in this situation. And currently, he's at a negative. So he is not meeting traditional expectations of what we'd expect running backs in very similar situations to do. In saying that, I would trade Noah Fant for for, uh, Clyde Edwards' lair, assuming I had George Kittle. I would accept accept Noah Fant 
to trade away CH. Like, you, you would rather have Noah Fant? That's fair. I, and that's another position that's also scarce as well. Yep. I mean, Noah Fant, I believe, is top five in tight end target share, so that's a big yeah, deal. You don't so. have tight ends landing into your lap off the waiver wire. Nope, they're, they're for the most part, you know, pretty TD dependent at that point. Now we'll see if he, he does break into the sort of relevant tight end landscape. We'll see. Um, but yeah. We'll see. Let's move on to the next yep. one. Mr. Bobby Trees, Robert oh. Woods. Trade target or not? Hold on, I have to go get more of my box wine. <laughs> I know that this was your guy, and I'm so sorry about this, but... Currently, 20% target share and 0.1 fantasy points over expected. So, really getting the usage, not maybe as much as we'd want, but not really underperforming with that usage in terms of what we would expect with fantasy points over expected. So, it's kind of interesting. I'm curious. Trade target or not? Have you ever seen the show Arrested Development? Yes. You know that it's a giant meme about I can't remember the actor's name, but all the, all the line is is I, I it's I've made a huge mistake. And there was that <laughs> moment in the draft where I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take Bobby Trees this year because Cooper Cup let me down last year, and uh, Bobby Trees was the they man. They played rock paper scissors for who's gonna be relevant this year in Cooper Cup. One. They did, and you know what, I choose the <laughs> wrong one every year. So I would say I I do think that Robert Woods is a great buy right now. I think every Robert Woods manager is freaking out. He hasn't even had like a top 50 game. I don't think I would love to buy Robert Woods anywhere I could, to be honest, because I bet you can get him at a very great. Look, look, listen, just listen to my actual candid reaction right now. Like that is literally the Robert Woods (laughs) owner (laughs) panicking online here. Uh, no, yeah, I'm, you're I'm, the panicking manager this segment's about. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not selling. I mean, I know what he is. Um, and yeah. uh, I've been watching football long enough to know what Matt Stafford is. So yeah. am I worried? Not really. The Rams are just, you know, an offense that are going to be really dynamic and really unpredictable. And it, eventually people are going to catch on to the to the Cooper Cup thing. You're going to have more and more and more film building up over time that defenses are going to see that, and then they're going to need to shift, right? I'm not I mean, that worried. Cooper Cup is not going to keep up this absurd sort of target share that he has. He's not going to keep up the 35% target share over the season. He's not. And when he's when that lowers, that's going to be Robert Woods probably going to sort of – they're going to even out. Right. Cooper Cup's going to go closer to 28% target share by the end of the season, and Robert Woods is going to be going closer to the 28% target share. If you have him and can afford to hold, I would say you should hold. Um, If you, you know, can also maybe afford to handle a few dud weeks, I would look to buy as well. Uh, Speaking of dud weeks, (laughs) Allen Robinson, trade target or not? Man, did you just write this list with like, trying to hurt me like just twisting the knife all your guys man well (laughs) alan robinson is the one that got me uh got my head cut off there so uh yeah i'm sorry no i mean i think i think you can pretty much take the the vast majority of what you're talking about with robert woods you can add a couple more the negative stats and have about the same conversation 
I, I, and I think we sort of talked about Justin Fields and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference between Robert Woods and Allen Robinson, 25% target share for Allen Robinson and a much lower fantasy points over expected, including zero top 36 weeks, just like Robert Woods. Uh, difference being here is that Robert Woods is in an offense that I trust a lot more and Allen Robinson is not. Yeah. Allen Robinson is somebody I consider QB proof, so I don't really care who's in quarterback back there right now but right now that offense is a total uh, mess and i i don't even know that even i am interested i have sent out a few flyers i'm just you know kind of gauging the market right now seeing where they are on alan robinson because if i was an alan robinson manager i would be scared and i do have him in places and i'm i am worried um so trade target or not one word answer what do you got sell sell all right, so you're not buying. I would say if I'm in, if I roster him right now, I'm holding. And if I can afford to maybe have some dead weeks, I'd probably buy. All right, next, Mike Williams, tr- trade target or not? If you can get him for a reasonable price, one hundred percent. But the likelihood that you're going to be able to get him for a reasonable price is about as Likely is you're going to get a graphics card at retail price. <laughs> With it, this, this podcast is a uh, very anti scalper, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, 25.6% target share, 3.2 fantasy points over expected. Um, and his usage is really great. Oh, outstanding. I just love the, usage. I had no idea that Anthony Lynn was such a villain. In this. Such an awful coach. <laughs> I, I had no idea. I, I why didn't anyone tell me this before? Uh, I mean, I, that's all we, we probably need to say about that. He he kind of speaks for himself there. Like Mike Will is looking like an overall top seven, you know, the overall seventh round or seventh round, seventh pick there again. Yeah. So let let me uh, let me throw a scenario at you. Uh, rest of season, DJ Moore, or Mike Williams? Mike Williams. I'm going to go DJ Moore in that case. So I'm, I'm trying to gauge pre-draft wide receivers that were going in the third and fourth round. Rest of season, T. Higgins or Mike Williams. I might lean Mike Williams at that Depends point. Depends on the injury to T. Higgins. but Right now it's a shoulder, but I agree. that does. Problem is that I think, and this is going to lead us into our next talking point, but man, Chase looks good. Yeah. Bengals wide receivers, trade targets or not. I, I didn't want to discuss each and every one of them uh, individually. I figured that might take a while and be a little redundant, so we'll do them all at once. Um, I'm not buying Boyd. I wasn't really into Boyd at the beginning of the season anyway. But Chase and Higgins, uh, buy or not? Trade target or not? Buy Chase. Buy Chase if you can if you can get him, in my opinion. I would say both. I'm gonna say well, both, right. I would still trade. You know both. what? I think if you can take advantage of a panicking owner of someone who's got Higgins and is worried about the injury, 100. If you can buy Higgins, buy Higgins. If you can buy Boyd, um, depends. If you can get him cheap enough, let let me throw the one word of caution out there that scares me as a guy that was very high on the Bengals going into this year. The passing volume is not there. I am concerned about the passing volume. I know some people out there on Twitter were projecting the Bengals to potentially even set the record for passing volume within a season, and they they will not do that at this rate. 
I mean, they're not going to do it at all. I mean, Joe Burrow was passing a little over 20 times a game. It's quite concerning as somebody that was very invested into these guys. The target shares are there. The volume is not. Um, that's concerning. I think if you understand that and are ready to take on that risk, I, I would still be buying both Higgins and Chase. I think that from what I've seen in the games, it seems as though Burrow is slowly reasserting himself into that role, getting comfortable on that new knee. And I think with that comfort and with that ability again, I think you're probably going to stay see that stability in the pocket, which might lead to higher passing volume. So I'm quite optimistic. I think all three of them are buys, depending on what you're paying for them. I would even buy Boyd. And I mean, Boyd's draft ADP, his ADP was actually kind of decent at a volume. And I, and sure, did it take an injury to Higgins to like really be realized at the moment? Sure. Um, but I'm okay with it now. I, I don't think you should go out and trade for Boyd. But if you're holding him, I think you're I think you're enjoying being able to start him a little bit. And sure, perhaps maybe you can get Higgins for Boyd or something like that. I I, I would do that. Absolutely. Um, but I mean if you have none of the wide receivers and you want one of them, would I go for Boyd? Probably not. I'd probably go for Higgins. So I can I concur with you, I think, overall. Okay. Well, I think we got through a good list of uh, sort of interesting trade yeah, targets. Good. Um we're going to play a quick game to sort of send us off. Oh, my here. God. I love games. Uh, this is this is something I think would be a really fun thing to do a little more regularly. Um, essentially, I'm going to bring up a stat that maybe you heard about, um, and I'm going to explain what it is, how it works, and I'm going to give Iken an opportunity to guess who currently leads in that stat. Um, I think it's a good way to talk about lesser talked about stats and sort of gives it, we can even talk about, uh, if we think it's an important stat. So are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. So like I said, you may have heard of this before, but I'm going to explain it anyway, in case any of the listeners haven't heard it, but this is called RACR. This is receiving air conversion ratio. I believe this was sort of a Josh Hermsmeyer kind of, uh, thought here, but it basically measures how many receiving yards a player creates for every air yard thrown at them. This is a very sticky wide receiver efficiency metric. Most wide receiver metrics are not sticky other than maybe like targets, but especially efficiency ones. This one we do know is a bit more efficient. So once again, how many receiving yards a player creates for every air yard thrown at them. So to give you kind of a simpler explanation, when they catch the ball, that's the air yard, right? Right. And how many yards after that added to the sort of air yard, it's sort of a ratio of that complete number. So think think almost like yards after carry is a very important thing for this stat. Okay? So it's kind of like air yards plus yards after carry almost. A bit, yeah. So think of it as a ratio, right? Like someone who gets 100 air yards and 100 total receiving yards, that's an RACR of 1. But somebody who has 100 air yards and 150 uh, air yards and 150 receiving yards, that's a higher RACR. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Yes. Awesome. So I have filtered our wide receiver list. I'm going to do it by wide receiver. 
that's just for so you know now. Okay. Okay. Of wide receivers with more than twenty targets, who leads in RACR? You have three guesses. Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brandon Cooks is currently, I don't believe, in the top 20 of the stat. I will tell you who currently leads in the stat in uh, overall. Uh, and this is with 15 targets, so it's not in my metric. But I'm just going to try and help you out here by telling you somebody else. With 15 targets, Rondell Moore has an RACR of 4.26. Wow. Which, which is ridiculous, by the way. Don't think a normal person has that. Rondell Moore has 43 air yards and 183 receiving yards. So you said you said over 20 targets, eh? Yeah, so over 20 targets. So that should help you narrow the list down a little bit in your head. Wide receivers with the highest RACR. Rondell Moore with 15 targets has a 4.26. Any idea? Um... Really be thinking about guys that are really good after the catch. There's a lot of guys I want to say. So the guys that I, I'm thinking I want to stay away from are guys who, like, grab the ball and fall over. Um, not Zach Ertz. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Ertz did not break a tackle. Uh, <laughs> Never. Um, I'm actually tempted to say Cooper Cup. Great guess. But Number five, though. Yeah, I kind of figured. So he has his, he gets targeted on sideline a lot. I feel like, and he, he runs out of bounds a lot. Um, God, is it, is it, is it is it Mike Williams? It is not Mike Williams. So the answer is Debo Samuel. Oh, I really wanted to choose a, a San Francisco wide receiver, but I convinced myself out of it. We all we all know that you know sort of uh, Debo Samuel's always been a yak guy, but currently sitting at two hundred and nine air yards and sitting at three hundred and thirty three receiving yards. So he has a above average ratio, a one point six ratio receiving air conversion ratio. So that's pretty good. That's really wow. talented. Um, I was not, I mean, we always knew he was a yak guy, but last year, a lot of his targets were coming from behind the line of scrimmage or short yarded situations. Now it's very different. Now he's getting actually high air yards and being used like a real wide receiver. And so it's quite different. And so he's still keeping that uh, yards after catch ability though. So nice. That's, that's yeah. a very, that's, that's a very useful stat and you're right. I think it does suss out or allows people to differentiate between that that uh, that Zach Ertz uh, syndrome where you're just going to catch the ball and fall over, or if you're actually going to like go the extra mile and get through, break break some tackles, make some moves. I like it. Yeah. And, I mean, some guys are going to have a negative ratio, of course. You know what I mean? They're not going to catch all the air yards going to them. Right. Right. For example, Julio Jones, 239 air yards and 204 receiving yards. That's an RACR of 0.85. So he's converting most of his air yards into real yards. He's just not really getting a lot of yak. Or if he is getting yak, he's just not catching all of his air yards. Got it. So, yeah, I think that was a really you know fun way of introducing new stats and sort of talking about them. Uh, what do you think? No, I love it. I, I want to I do something like that every week, I think. Um, we can definitely do that. Yeah, especially since 
Do you see a lot of these acronyms thrown around on Twitter and they kind of just, after a while, your eyes just kind of glaze over. You're like, I don't even know what that is, but I feel like I should. They feel gatekeeping. They feel You know, they kind of do. I'm not going to lie. You're right. They do. They do kind of feel that way. And you're like, man, I, I should know this, but I don't. And yeah. And you're, you kind of feel like, oh man. Everybody at this party knows what's going on, but I don't. Should I just go get another drink? Like, what is going on? Um, no, uh, I agree. I liked it. Um, yeah. And I think I'm a really good uh, good target for these types of things, too, because um, you know, I can kind of see what's going on in games by watching yeah. them. Um, but in terms of, like, turning the actual stats into a digestible number... Um, you know that I've struggled with this, and I think that's been a really good dynamic between you and I. This whole that yeah. that's the reason why this is a thing um, is because it's almost like you are teaching me, in a sense, of how to be a numbers guy and how to turn some of the stuff I see in film into numbers. And, um, I think it, it really relates to a lot of the listeners out there because they may not know what a lot of these stats are, and if we can do one of these in one of these a week, I think it'll work out all really well. Awesome. So, um, so uh, I can. Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Trash Dad. That is Dr. Trash Dad, or at my website Trash Farm. Boots, where can we find you? You can find me at Twitter uh, for all my bad takes um, at Boots Fantasy. Boots with a Z. Um, and uh, we'll catch you guys uh, next so, week. So, Boots, before we head out, where, where are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to be uh, doing something pretty fun. A little sneak peek. But we're going to be doing rookie wide receiver evaluation. And who are we bringing in? Uh, that's a secret. That's to be determined. It's <laughs> to be All determined. right, I will let the secret lie for now. But thanks again, everybody. We'll see you again next time. See y'all.